Welcome to Passion Life Church. I want to start a brand new series that I'm calling The Promise. And I really believe that this series is, is so relevant to our day because when you look at society today, things don't look, if you're looking through the natural eyes, things do not look good. You see a lot of problems, right? Gas prices are going up. It's a problem. Inflation, it's a problem. And now you're hearing rumblings now. Oh, we're, we're headed toward a recession. But you know what? This is what I love about reading the Bible because it's so countercultural to our society. Because the Bible talks about provision. Can I hear a good amen? The Bible talks about healing. The Bible talks about victory. But if we're not careful, you can look at the problem so long that you forget about God's promises. And there are promises for you and I. And if we're not careful, we can stare at these problems so much that the problems actually kind of see, seem just, just far away and, and distanced. And I don't want to be problem focused. I want to be promise focused. That's what I want. And you know what? If we're not careful when we're problem focused, here's what happens. We can allow circumstances, we can allow situations to start to dictate and define how we live. And so here's what happens with Christians. Instead of being the salt and the light, we just become a victim and a product of society. Am I preaching good already? Because I'm fired up because I believe that God wants to speak to us today. Because you and I, as believers, are never called to just be products of society. We are called to be the salt and the light. Can I just give you the right translation? Influences in our our society. And if our life just looks like society, that doesn't really glorify God. But I'm telling you, when we're moving forward and we're living in a, in a blessed life in a time of, of, that's tough, guess what happens? People start to inquire, what's going on in your life? What's happening? And you say, you know what? It's because of God and it's to him be all the glory. And what I want to do today is I want to look at a man who's mentioned not only in the Old Testament, but he's mentioned in the New Testament. His name is Abraham. And this is the kind of life that Abraham lived. We're going to look into him in the next couple of weeks because Abraham lived in a tough time. Abraham lived in the time of Sodom and Gomorrah when, when there was wickedness. He lived in tremendous wickedness. It was a tough time. And as a matter of fact, he was the only righteous man that we know of at the time. There was Lot, right? And I don't know, Lot was a little questionable at times. But I'll tell you what, Abraham was a righteous man. And I want to look into his life because he's a hero of our faith. And I think that what happens is not many believers really understand the connection that you have and that we have with our father, Abraham. I just remember in in children's church. I don't know if you remember this. We used to sing a song. It was called Father Abraham. Anybody know it? Father Abraham. Now you're going to know why they don't let me in the worship team. Had many sons and many sons had and I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. And everybody started. It was kind of like the hokey pokey, the Christian version of hokey pokey. And you kind of just moved your right arm and your left arm. And if you were a parent and you looked in and you saw children's church, you would see them going like this and going like this. You go, what is going on in there? It was a song that I wish I wrote because I would probably be a millionaire right now because people singing Father Abraham. But you know, many people don't understand the connection between him and us. And that's what I want to do. If you have your Bibles, look to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Are you happy today? Are you happy? Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says this, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew, neither Greek, 
There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, here's what I want to talk today about because I've entitled, It's Time to Activate This Promise in Your Life. What I'm going to share with you was something that my previous pastor shared many years ago. And, and when, I, when I came across this revelation, it really changed my life. It changed how I see myself, how I see society. And I believe it's going to have the same impact in your life. I don't know if you realize today there's a real push in our society to find out who you are. Have you seen the commercials? You know, take this DNA test and you can find out, you know, what your heritage is, what your nationality is. And that got me thinking, you know, okay, well, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Italian, I'm Polish. I guess I'm 33% Italian, 33% uh, Polish, and 33% Puerto Rican. But I just thought, what are the benefits of taking these tests? I mean, what if you thought really you were Hispanic and you took this DNA test and you found out you're actually Scottish? Like, like, what does that do in your life? Like, what, what do you, do you stop eating Mexican food and say, you know what, I'm going to take bagpipe lessons and I'm going to uh, wear a kilt around the house because now I just realized that I am not Hispanic. I am Scottish. I, I don't know. I'm going to watch Braveheart a couple more times. Um, what does it do for you to find out what your real heritage and real nationality? I mean, in real life, what does that, what does that translate? How does that help your life? Because because in truth, that's really just your physical DNA. And doing that is actually opposite of what the Bible tells us. Because the Bible says this in, in Isaiah chapter 51 verse 1. He says, listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord, consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. Now, Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 that we read Paul starts to talk about your spiritual heritage. He talks about your spiritual DNA. And my church family, listen, your spiritual DNA is more important than your physical DNA. We, I can talk all day about how Puerto Ricans and Italians, you know what? But what's more important, the Bible says that I'm in Christ. So he says there's no Jew or Gentile. We are all one in Christ. Can I hear a good amen today? And it's, it's interesting because today in society, this is the focus, your color, your this, your that. But here in the house of God, we need to focus on that we are Christ's number one. Come on, somebody. I'm feeling good this morning. And so we have to consider the quarry which we were cut. And this is what I want to define for you because this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. He talks about your spiritual DNA. This is what he says. There's neither Greek, right, nor Jew. There's neither slave nor free. We read that. But when you jump down to verse 29, he says, if you are Christ. How many of you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And so he is in your heart and you are Christ. So let me see, let me see your hand. You, you are Christ. So I am Christ. So now what he's going to tell us, he's going to talk about spiritual DNA. You are not your own. You're Christ. And he says this. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I said, hmm, the promise. That's a good series title. So now, here's what I've realized. Because I'm in Christ, I am Abraham's seed. Listen, and because you are Abraham's seed, you are an heir now to the promise. I want you to say this with me. Say, I am Abraham's seed. 
Now, this is a powerful revelation because I'm going to tell you in your spiritual DNA, now you are an heir of your great, great grandfather, who is a father of the faith, Abraham. You know, I had some family who had passed away and they were rich, right? And so they were, they said that I was one of their favorites, yada, yada, all this great stuff. And they were getting up in age and one of them had passed away and now the other one was, was really sick. And I thought, man, man, they got some moolah, man. They got some money. I hope I'm in their will. And then you start thinking, man, can you imagine if they left me this? Can you imagine if they left me that? Well, here's the reality. They didn't leave me nothing. They didn't leave me nothing. But here's the truth. That's, that's only physical DNA. We're talking about something much greater. So I can look at my physical nationality and who my parents were and my great parents were, and I can look and hope that, that, you know, one day when they pass away that I inherit something. You know what? But I haven't got anything yet. But here's what Paul is saying. This isn't just about that. This is about your spiritual grandfather and your spiritual heritage. Man, so this is good. So now I have a question. If I have an inheritance because I'm Christ's and because I'm Abraham's seed, I'm heirs according to the promise. I have a question. So what is the promise that I'm an heir to? So what's the promise, right? So let's look at the promise that God made to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse one, if you're taking notes, he says this, the Lord, and here's where we see Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's house to the land. I will show you. Now, I'm going to tell you, as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, not everybody is going to receive what you are going to receive, and not everybody's going to go where you go. Abraham had to actually leave his natural family, and I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says they stopped in a land, they settled in a land, and then they died in that land. And one of the reasons why God had to move Abraham on is because they didn't worship God. They worshiped idols. And so you're going to have to decide, and he had to make a decision, okay, my spiritual heritage or my natural heritage, but my natural heritage, they're all settling and they're all dying. And I have made a decision that I don't want to hang out with people that want to settle and die. I want to hang out with people who are going to move forward and are going to be everything that God has called them to be. Can I hear a good amen? I love those people, but I just wonder, and maybe you can do some biblical, uh, uh, you can do some biblical searching on this, but is settling a sin? If you are settling for just bare minimum and you are just settling in your life, is that really a, a, a sin? Because I believe settling is a sin when God has so much for us. But they decided to settle. So what I'm saying to you today, as we talk about this revelation of the promise, you're going to have to receive it and say, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to walk in it. And it doesn't matter who's going with me. It doesn't matter who else is going to receive it. This promise is for me. So the Bible says that he had left his household. Verse two, here's the promise. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse you. And listen to this. This, this is a huge life right here. Listen to this. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That's powerful. If you know anything about Abraham, Abraham wasn't just a man that God loved. Abraham was a man that God liked. Abraham was called a friend of God. 
I hope that in my life that I'm not just a person God loves. I'm hoping that God, I'm a person that God likes. He likes, man, Phil, you're funny, man. I like hanging out with you. Let's talk. The Bible even actually talks about considering Abraham and one of the things that he was going to do. Abraham talked with God. Abraham was a friend of God. I don't want to live my life in a religious routine. I want to live my life in a relationship with God who not only is my God, who is the God of the universe, but he's my friend. I don't have no friends. Yeah, you got one. His name is God. Come on, somebody. And I want to be that type of person. But what I want to do is I want to break down this promise to you because I think it's important to know what what was in it. And so he says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will uh, and you will be a blessing. And then he says, I will curse those who curse you when you actually when you actually count in this scripture, how many times God says, I will, I will, I will, I will. It's five times. Five is the number of grace in the scriptures. Now, I want to, I want to take a moment and tell you this. This is not Abraham praying, God, will you bless me? God, will you take care of my enemies? God, this is God pronouncing over Abraham what he's going to do. You know, the other day, it was probably about a year and a half ago, I really don't get on Facebook a lot um, and, and argue with people. It's, it's just not, it's, it's not productive at all. I just get mad. And, uh, you know, and so uh, th- there was a, a, a commercial for a church and the guest speaker was talking about this very scripture, how God wants to make your name great. Now, let me ask you a question. Why does God want to make your name great? We all agree God's name is great. He deserves all the glory. But what happens when you are a person of influence? The Bible says when you bear much fruit, it what it reflects the father in heaven. Right. And so anyway, this this speaker was saying this on Facebook and somebody came in the comments and said and said this. There's no place in the Bible. Listen, there's no place in the Bible where God says he's going to make your name great. It's all about his name being great. And I don't usually respond, but I just think if you're going to make a statement about the Bible, you should read the Bible. Because this is God saying what he's going to do to Abraham. And so I just, in all humility, right, I just put, yes, uh, I, I, I politely disagree with you. And then I put this scripture. This is God talking to Abraham that God said he wanted to make his name great. Oh, my goodness. That turned into a firestorm. But I just got to tell you, this is what the Bible says. And this is God talking to Abraham. And if you are Abraham's seed, Guess who he's talking to? You. So in the Hebrew, when you look at what he said, he said, I'm going to make your name great. The word make means this. I'm going to fashion. I'm going to produce in you. And this is going to have an effect. And he says, I'm going to make your name. The word name in the Hebrew is this, your reputation. You know what he says to Abraham? I will curse those who curse you. Listen, this is what it means. I'm going to take care of your enemies. So here's what you do. You love your enemies and you forgive them and let God take care of them. That's good. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to worry about the critics. I don't have to worry because under this promise, God will take care of those who are against me. Can I hear a good amen? And when God is for you, nobody can be against you. So I don't have to stay up at night wondering, well, all this, no, God is working while I'm sleeping because I have a promise. So he says, I'm going to take care of your reputation. And I love this because this word name means this, you're marked. It means this, a memorial, a monument. So this is a pretty big promise because God, as we dive in, you're going to see that he's, he's promising Abraham that he's going to be a great nation. 
And so there's part of this promise that Abraham's never going to see because obviously he passed away. And so what's happening is this promise is still active today. And I'll tell you why. Every time somebody receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior and says, I am a child of God, guess what happens? God is making Abraham's seed happen more and more because you are not only becoming a child of God, you are becoming a seed of Abraham. And it's still happening today. And so he uses this word name, but it actually means a monument. I wonder if we were to put a monument up of you after you died, when people walked up, what would they say about you? Oh, man, this person was generous. Oh, this person was kind. Oh, this person was making a difference. Man, this person really helped me. This is what he's talking about. You know, I love what uh, Proverbs 22 verse 1 says. It says this, a good name, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Because here's the reality. You can be rich, you can have silver and gold and not have a good name. I want a good name. I want a a good name. This word name in the Hebrew means this, honor, authority, a person of character. And then he says this, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Make name great. I love this word in the Hebrew. It means to grow up. It means to promote. It means to be magnified. It means to do great things. Listen, there's so much to this. And this is why we do series. He says, I'm going to make your name great. In that word great in the Hebrew is promote. Watch. You don't have to promote yourself. God will do it for you. This is a greater level of living. Because when I come to church, right, and nobody's here, and I see, and this isn't even our building. We don't have our building yet. But when I see trash on the floor and I pick it up, nobody sees it. God sees it. And here's the reality. When we're at work and you say, man, my supervisor is just a jerk. Oh, my goodness. Can I just tell you just and I want to remind you that God is the one that promotes you. I've, I've, I've ministered to people who had so many conflicts with their boss or their manager. And because of what God did in their life, guess what happened? God flipped the script where now they're the manager and the other person is working underneath them. And what I want to remind you today is that God is the one that promotes us. Can I hear good amen today? And so I don't have to be arguing with people, striving with people. I don't because you know what? God is the one that will promote me. It's it's a promise. He says to be magnified. This word great actually means to do great things. And then this word glory is in the word great. Now, I want you to understand something, and we're going to learn something about Abraham, because remember, he thrived in wicked times. This word glory, when you think of the word glory, a lot of times we think of splendor, we think of light, right? When we think of God's glory, it's like, poo, splendor, light, right? It can mean that. But when you start looking in the New Testament to the word glory, and I want you to write this down, it means this, a good opinion of. So what God is saying to Abraham is, I have a good opinion of of you. Now, here's what Abraham did. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Abraham always had a good opinion of God. No matter what happened in his life, no matter what was going on, the reason and one of the reasons why Abraham thrived was because he always had a good opinion of God. Can I encourage us today? Don't let what's happening around you determine what's going on inside of you. Because what's important is that you have a good opinion of God, no matter who the president is, no matter what's going on on the outside of you, you have a good opinion of God. That gives him glory gives him glory. So what are the benefits 
of this promise. Are you interested? Are you interested in what the benefits of this promise? Because it's, it's, it's given to you. So here are three things. Number one, righteousness. Everybody say that with me. Say righteousness. The Bible says this is actually even before the law. Abraham's, I mean, Abraham's an influence. Abraham is just ahead of his time. It says this, and Abraham in Genesis 15, 6, and Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him for righteousness, for righteousness. My church family, I'm going to tell you something about Abraham, your, your, your great, 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 father of the faith. He was not perfect. He was not perfect at all. He lied twice. It's recorded in scripture. Aren't you thankful that your lies aren't recorded for somebody else to read? (laughs) I don't want that. I'm going to tell you why he lied in just a minute. But can I just tell you, it wasn't his works that got him righteous. It was his believing. As a matter of fact, his faith did what his works could not do. The Bible says that he believed God and it was accounted as righteousness. And it's true. There's nothing you could ever do to earn God's righteousness. There's nothing that we could ever do. You could not be good enough to earn his righteousness. So you know what? It is all by faith, not by works. Do you believe that here this morning? Here's number two. This is the benefit of the promise. Health. Everybody say health. How do I know health? Abraham lived till he was 175 years old. 175 years old. He was having babies when he was 100 years old. And ladies and gentlemen, there was no Viagra back then. Some of you don't know what that is. I'll tell you later after service. 100 years old, the boy's having babies. He's a stud. And then when his wife dies, he remarries at 140 years old. This boy's going. I, I, I love talking with people who are like in their 60s, like, I'm old. Compared to who? Because if you compare to Abraham, this boy lived 175 years old, so he must have had some health. Can I hear a good amen today? And here's the reality. The Bible says in Psalms 91, 16, that with long life, everybody say that, long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. A long life and a satisfied life is a quality life. This is why I believe that you live as long as you are satisfied. You live until, like Paul says, I have run my race and I am done. I'm on the way to heaven. Yeah, Pastor Phil, but Paul was beheaded. Yes, he was, because he knew that was the quickest way to get to heaven. I'm out. But you know when he was out? When he was finished. That's when I want to go, when I'm done, when I'm done. And here's a promise, health. Now, I'm going to tell you something about his wife, Sarah. Sarah was gorgeous, and she was in her 90s. This is how I know that Health is part of this promise. She was in her 90s. She was so pretty in her 90s that when Abraham walked through Egypt, this is where he had to lie. He had a plan. He says, look, babe, listen, okay, you are gorgeous. And if people find out that I am your husband, they will kill me. So we're going to walk in there, and here's the plan. I'm going to tell them that you are my sister. And so they walk through Egypt, and the Pharaoh, okay, the Pharaoh looks at Sarah and wants her for his harem. Now, when we talk about this, a lot of people go, Pastor Phil, you know, this is all great. These are spiritual blessings. They are. But can I just tell you that how you are spiritually affects every area of your life 
These were heathen kings you're about to see. The Pharaoh didn't look at Sarah and go, she has such a beautiful spirit. No, they were looking through physical eyes. And at 90 years old, Pharaoh's like, I want that woman in my harem. And let me just tell you this. In Egypt, that was said that there were some of the most beautiful women in the world in Egypt. That's why when Potiphar's wife, I've heard people say, yeah, you know what? Joseph went and with Potiphar's wife, she was probably ugly. No, she probably wasn't. She was probably one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen because in Egypt, they had beautiful women. And so the Pharaoh in all of his harem had beautiful women and he sees Sarah and he says, I want her. And then the king of the Philistines, Abimelech, sees Sarah and he wants her for his harem. And this is, again, where Abraham lies because he's like, yeah, you know what? That's my sister. And then God has to show both of them in a dream. Huh? That's that, that's not his sister. That's his wife. My church family, I'm telling you that health is a part of the promise. Jesus, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, that by his stripes, we were healed. That that is a promise that we cling on to. Now, here's the third part that's a benefit. Wealth. Everybody say that with me. Say wealth. My church family, your great, great, grandfather was rich. As a matter of fact, to be honest, I just spoke. I misspoke. Genesis 13, 2 says this. And Abraham was, read it, very rich, very rich. Now, again, people, this is why the Bible is going to put this in here, because people are going to say he was rich spiritually. So the Bible knew that we would say that. That's why he says he was rich in cattle and silver and gold. He was now So this is assets. Everywhere Abraham went, he took ground. Abraham, why? Because he was blessed. Because he was blessed. Now, this is so important, my church family. You have to come to a place in your life where you need to break the curse of poverty over your life. You need, listen, poverty is under the curse How do I know this? Are you ready? Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine says this, for you know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything that we're talking about, this promise, everything is by grace. Grace is a benefit that God just gives to you. Faith receives from grace. That's why the Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. God poured out his grace. You had nothing to do with it. It was his idea. It had nothing to do with your work. It was God saying, I'm going to give you a benefit. I will give you righteousness. It's a gift. I will give you healing. It's a gift. Here's what you have to do is you have to just receive that. This isn't about your work so you can boast. This is about me so you can receive it and boast in God. So this is all from the grace of God. He says, for you know the grace of God, our Lord Jesus, that through his, through, that though he was rich, how many of you know we don't serve a God that is El Chipo? God walks on streets of gold, my church family. When you get to heaven, your mansion is not going to be some little apartment. We are going to live in heaven. It is, it is incredible. This is our God. Our God is rich. Our God is not broke. Listen. So it says, and it's talking about Jesus. It says, though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor that through his poverty, you may become rich. That word means well supplied, well supplied. So in our redemption, this is important. 
our redemption isn't just about being forgiven of our sins. How many of you are thankful that we're forgiven? I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. This isn't a, just about this escape plan. I am going to heaven. Can't wait to go to heaven. Is Jesus coming back before gas prices get any higher? I can't wait. Come on, Jesus, I'm waiting. Are we living in the tribulation? Listen, this redemption, are you ready? Includes the blessing of Abraham. Watch this. It's about the blessing coming into your life. Paul writes Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hung on a tree or on a pole. Who did that? Jesus. He redeemed us. All right, here you go. You ready? Here we go. He redeemed us in order that the blessing which is given to Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's the non-Jews. If you're a non-Jew, you're a Gentile. But even if you are a Gentile, the blessing is for you if you are Christ. He says, so he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come on through the, come uh, onto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So by faith, everybody say faith, we might watch we go, we might receive what? The promise. So in your redemption is a promise of righteousness, of healing, and wealth. Can I say it this way? There is blessing in your bloodline. There is blessing in your bloodline. Listen, my church family, out of all the things that, listen, listen to what I'm saying. When I read this, I'm like, why did God put that in there? Why? Out of all the things about redemption, he could have put anything in there, but he chose to choose the blessing of Abraham and the promise to be able to come to you out of the redemption of Jesus Christ. Are you getting this today? So it was the blessing that caused Abraham to thrive in these times. Now, he was a righteous man. It is possible in wicked times to live righteously. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Wealth without righteousness doesn't work. You need to first be righteous, and we need to be righteous. And what caused Abraham to be righteous? It wasn't his behavior. It was his faith in God that it accredited to him to be righteous. So what I'm telling you today is no matter how wicked the world gets, you and I can be righteous. Why? Because you are Abraham's seed. You are Abraham's seed. He actually thrived in tough times. Abraham was not just a product of his environment. He lived a blessed life even when other people were laughing. Abraham had his own economy. Abraham was a nation in one man. A whole nation came out of him. I think this is a great way to come after our family series because you need to understand you're going to have seed. Your seed is going to be your children and your children are going to have children. And you know what? God says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that's just not talking about spiritual things. It's also talking about assets. Can I hear a good amen today? Because we are blessed. Would you say that with me? Say, I am blessed. Now you say, Pastor Phil, this sounds all really, this sounds really good, but uh, I I really don't see this happening in my life. I, I really don't. Then you know what you have to do? You have to activate it like Abraham did. And here's how you activate it. Here's number one. The blessing requires your believing in it. Abraham took God's word and he said, if I am blessed and you are blessing me, then I am blessed. Would you say that with me? Say, I am blessed. You have to have faith to receive that you are blessed. 
What activates the blessing and this promise in your life? Faith activates it, that you believe it. Abraham believed that he was blessed. Can you say that one more time? Say, I am blessed. So I don't pray anymore, God bless me, because I am blessed. That's like me praying, God, make me more Puerto Rican. God, make me more Italian. I'm going to eat more Italian food. I'm going to, you're already blessed. Why? It's in your bloodline. It's already inside of you. Now I can pray, God, bless this job. I can play, but can I just tell you, this is who you are. Are you following? I'm going to give you another example. He's one of my favorite people in the Old Testament. The Bible says Joseph was sold into slavery. You remember Joseph? He had dreams and he shared them with his brother and then his brothers put him on Craigslist and tried to sell him. Do you remember that, that part? That's the message translation. So they put him on, on Craigslist. They sold him into slavery. Listen, my church family, when you were sold into slavery in the Old Testament, you were sold naked and he was sold naked. But the Bible says Potiphar saw him. He was an Egyptian captain of the guard. He saw this naked man uh, Joseph. And you know what the Bible says about Joseph standing there naked, being sold as a slave? It says this, and God was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. He had nothing. So prosperity and wealth starts with whom you are. So I can have nothing. Listen, I can have nothing, but because God is with me, I'm a prosperous man. Watch this. So he gets sold as a slave and then Joseph is in Potiphar's house. I love this. And the Bible says, now, Potiphar wasn't a God worshiper. He was actually a heathen. He was an Egyptian. The Bible says that something in Potiphar's house started to change. Everything started to work in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says this, that God blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. So Joseph, a naked man, slave, because the blessing was on him, steps into a heathen house and the house starts to be blessed. The house starts to flourish. It starts to have favor. Why? Not because of the boss, but because of who was blessed working in the house. And see, this is what you need to understand. When blessing is in your bloodline, it doesn't matter what's going on at your work. There can be a blessing there because you are there. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm preaching because I get excited. And I'm preaching a little tough here because I hear people, well, you just don't understand my job. You don't understand the people at my job. No, you don't understand your identity, that there's blessing in your bloodline. And you being at that job could change everything. But we don't know who we are. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, you know, at my job, they're, they're talking about, you know, just cutting hours. That's all right. You're blessed. If you look to your job as the sole source, you're screwed. Come on. Let's be honest. But you're blessed. You're not screwed. You're blessed. And let me tell you, sometimes man's appointments are God's divine appointments because God's trying to get you out of there because he's trying to get you to something better. And sometimes he's keeping you there because that whole place needs a blessing and you are blessed. So you need to start walking around going, I'm blessed. It's not, listen, my church, it's not, well, that's not being arrogant. No, it's being the truth of who God has made you to be. When you're driving down Clinton Keith and you see the gas prices going up, you just look and you go, you know what? I'm blessed because gas doesn't determine my blessing. Inflation doesn't determine my blessing. The government doesn't determine my blessing. God is the one who who bless me. 
I get fired up about this because I see so many weak Christians and it's like, we don't know who we are. We are the seed of Abraham and our great, great grandfather, he was righteous. He was healthy and he was wealthy and he actually became a blessing in tough times. Not only live, listen, my church family, he didn't just believe I'm blessed. He actually believed that God wanted to use his life as a river of blessing to other people. See, I can tell you how blessed you think you are by how generous you are. Blessed people are generous people. They are because we're blessed. I want to challenge you this week when you're putting gas, walk up to somebody this week and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay for your gas. How much are you going to put? I'm going to fill up. Fill it up. Really? Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Pastor Philip, if I'm blessed, it needs to show in my bank account. You need to believe first. You need to start to believe. This is who we are. We are agents of change. We are to be agents of blessing in this world because God has said in this promise, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Now, I'm going to tell you why a lot of this doesn't work for people. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Here it is again. The promise. Everybody say the promise. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. But through the righteousness, here it is again, of what? Faith. It's our faith that makes us righteous. I want to encourage you today. If you're struggling with habits, you're struggling with sin in your life, I want you to take the focus off the sin. I want you to take the focus off the habits. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to commit to growing in faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is what makes us righteous. When you build your faith, you're going to find out that God's going to be working in your life. When faith in God becomes the focus, other things just start to weed off your life. They just start to fade out. And sometimes what we do is we're putting our focus in the wrong place. This is why the Bible says we're supposed to go from faith to faith. And so in essence, our challenges with our problems are believing problems. Here's number two, because it's right believing that leads to right living. Now, I just want to, I want to preface this. It's a big subject, but I just, I'll give you a condensed version. Here's what he says. He says, this promise is not to Abraham and to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. What is he talking about when he talks about the law? He's talking about people trying to earn blessings because of their behavior, that my behavior merits certain blessings. And I want to tell you again, there's nothing here that we could do. You can't, when I give my tithe and my offering, I'm not paying for blessings. I'm actually being generous and I'm actually being a blessing, but I'm not trying to pay for anything. Can I hear a good amen today? But what happens is the Bible is very clear. When you start to do this in your own effort and your own will, I'm going to get that promotion. You know, I got three degrees, you know, in, in college and, and I got this and nice skills and all that. That's fine. But I'll tell you what, your faith will do what your works can. I know people right now that are in positions, high positions. And you know what? 
the, the actual position requires degrees that they don't have, but God so promoted them, it didn't matter because the people were like, we want you in, my, in that position. My brother's that way. He works for an organization here in San Diego. He's been promoted. I think he's been there 20 years. He's been promoted like 10 times. And it's all people coming to him saying, we want you in our department. And he's like, yeah, but that department requires this bachelor's degree or master's degree, which he doesn't have. But you know what? Because the favor and the blessing is on his life. Guess what's happening? It's, it's moving him into arenas where that particular healthcare system is blessed because my brother is there. Why? Because he's a seed of Abraham. Are you getting this? So I'm not looking to outside forces to determine how I live. I understand my identity that I am blessed and I am blessed to be a blessing. But when you come under the law and here's the law system, the law was this. If you broke the law, you broke every law that there was. The purpose of the law is really just to show us our sin. That's the purpose of the law. But when you start getting into a merit system where you start doing it in your own effort, in your own self-will, the Bible says you void your faith. In other words, why do you need faith if you think you can do everything? See, I need faith because I believe God's going to work in my life. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So my focus is pleasing God and having faith and believing in this promise, believing that I am who he says I am. And guess what? Right believing will always lead to right living. Look at this scripture. Are you glad you came to church today? Romans chapter one, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Watch this. And it is written... The just shall live by their works. What does it say? The just will live by faith. Let me say it this way. It'll make more sense. You really want to live righteously? You really want to live justly? Live by faith. Because just people, righteous people, are faith-focused. This was such a revolution to me because I always had the wrong focus because I always lived with guilt, condemnation. Even for the last four years, there was things in my life and I just couldn't shake. And my church family, it was because I had the wrong focus. My focus wasn't actually even God. My focus was my sin all the time. And when I started to get into this, I said, man, I'm just focusing on the wrong thing. Here's what I need to do. I need to start putting faith in God. I need to start reading his word. And guess what? Things began to change. My behavior changed when my belief system changed. And the reality of it is God began to work in in my life and he started changing habits in my heart because God changes your heart before he changes your habits. People are trying to change habits. You need to change your heart first. That's what grace does. And that makes you righteous. And then I begin to sense his forgiveness, his love. And I can honestly tell you in the last four years, I don't struggle with a lot of things I I, I struggle with anymore. And you know what it was? Because I realized the just live by faith. I just want to encourage you this, this next week. And as we go, put your faith in. If you want to put effort into stuff, put effort into this. Reading God's word. Put effort into knowing God. Can I tell you this? Put effort into coming to church. And I, I just believe in six weeks, you'll see things change. Your attitude changes. The things you used to struggle with, you don't struggle with. When you be, And what you believe changes. And what when you believe changes, then that's when life change happens. 
My church family says, the Bible says we are the seed of Abraham. We are heirs to this promise. Now, let me just tell you what an heir is. An heir is a person who legally entitled to the property or rank of another on the person's death. Listen to this. A person inheriting. Everybody say inheriting. And continuing the legacy of his predecessor. You and I are the seed of Abraham. We are continuing the legacy that God promised Abraham. Now, here's number three. We're talking about activating it in the last one for today. Inheriting is receiving effortlessly. Faith is a receiver. I know sometimes in myself, I feel like I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy of this blessing. But it's not my behavior that made me worthy. It was my belief and faith in God that he is good. And having a good opinion of God that I receive this blessing. When I die and my wife dies, my son is going to be called into a meeting and everything that I have is going to be his. And you know what? All he has to do is sign on the dotted line that he receives the inheritance. And you know why he's going to receive it? Because he's in the bloodline. He's in my bloodline. He's my son. And I believe God is calling you And calling us to live at a greater level. Beyond what's in our bank. Beyond what's happening. That we would walk in a blessing that the world can't take away. And can I tell you something greater? That when we as a church realize that we're not just called to be blessed. But we are actually called to be a blessing. That we could be a church that's actually blessing our community. Listen, that Marietta is blessed because the people of God are blessed. Can I hear a good amen today? That it's us giving away backpacks in August to kids who don't have some. Come on, somebody. It's us giving food away to people who are poor, right? And they're coming and we bless them. And they go, how can you guys do that? Because God has blessed us. And let me just say this before I close. You know, when we talk about wealth, if you have a problem with wealth, let me just tell you this, all right? The Bible talks about above all things, that he desires that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. But I want to say this, if you have a problem with wealth, wealth can be used wrongly, I understand it. But in this promise, it's actually used to be a blessing to other people. But I just want to say this to you, if you have a problem with wealth, how can you feed the hungry if you're hungry yourself? How can you pay for somebody else's gas if you can't even pay for your own? And this has changed my life because you know what? I realize now I can never outgive God. So I can bless somebody. Why? Because I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Would you say that with me? Say, I'm blessed. Come on, can you say it a little bit loud like you say, I'm blessed. Come on, one time at the top of your lungs, say, I am blessed. Come on, if you receive that, give the Lord a good round of applause. And would you stand? Would you stand this morning? Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. Come on, say, I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm an heir to this promise. Here's what's cool, and I'm going to pray. So it doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter who didn't give you in the will. It doesn't matter 
Because guess what? You have a new bloodline now. You're the seed of Abraham. So you don't have to worry about whether you got that job, you got that promotion. You're blessed. And God may be working something in your life right now that you can't even see because you're in the bloodline. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to desert it. Uh, you don't have to desert it. Here's what you do. You just have to thank God. Would you just take your hands just for a moment and just put it out like this for just a moment and just thank God for his blessing. Thank God that you are an heir to the promise. And the promise works in any economy. The promise works in any facet of your life. It works if you'll just receive. Stop doubting. Take your eyes off you. Take your eyes off your mistake and start looking at the, the beautiful son of God, Jesus. Because the Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. One translation says he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Perfecter means he makes perfect. So when I look at Jesus, he makes my faith perfect. So I just have to look at him and faith will arise. I thank you, Lord God, for this blessing. We thank you. Lord, may we, like our great father, father of the faith, Abraham, may we thrive in wicked times because of the blessing. And Lord, may we be a blessing to Marietta and to the surrounding areas. May this church be a city on a hill that is light and darkness. Lord, they may not hear our preaching, Lord, but if we feed people, Lord, if we help people, if we help supply needs to other people, Father, it'll open up opportunities for people to hear the gospel. And Lord, I just want today a revelation to come over your people that they are blessed, that they are blessed because of the promise. And today we activate that. Come on, just say it one more time. Say, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we never like to close out a, a service here at Passion Life Church without giving people the opportunity to receive the first benefit of this promise, and that's righteousness. For people to be able to ask Jesus to come inside of their heart, for people to be able to ask God to forgive them of all of their sins and repent and say, God, Come inside me. Jesus, come inside my heart. If you've never prayed that prayer, I'd like to pray with you today so you can become a child of God, so heaven can be your home, so this promise can extend to you and your family and your children's children. I pray today. If you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come in your heart, would you pray with me today? Repeat after me. Would you say this? Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Today I repent and I receive the gift of righteousness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live for you. And today I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior in Jesus name. Amen. Everybody look at me today. You're blessed. You are blessed. You're blessed. That's who you are. You're blessed. And your life is here to be marked by God, to be a monument, to be an influencer, even in this time. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.